This is our number three of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each week we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. This is the final hour of this week's edition of the John and Leah Show. And uh, in the last hour, I inadvertently, although appropriately, promoted it by saying that I'm going to provide you a take on Bill Clinton that you're not going to hear anywhere else. I meant you Bill meant Cosby. I meant Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Although they have an awful lot in common in a lot of ways. Um, until very recently, uh, Bill Cosby was a media darling like Bill Clinton. Uh, it's yet to be seen exactly how much they have in common with regard to their treatment of women. Bill Clinton has never been charged with a crime. He's been sued over his treatment of women and has mm-hmm. settled out of court and suffered other uh, you know, lost his law license, was fined for having lied in the Paula Jones case, that kind of stuff. But obviously nothing from a criminal standpoint, even though uh, he has been accused of rape by Juanita Broderick in a situation that certainly sounded an awful lot like rape. And if you're if you believe Hillary Clinton, she says all rape victims have a right to be believed. Correct. Except Juanita Broderick, I guess. Um, But that's obviously the backdrop for the big news this week involving Bill Cosby, uh, the the former favorite uh, American dad from the Cosby show. He was charged this week. So, Leah, give give us the details on what happened there. All right. Bill Cosby has surrendered his passport and he's now free on a million dollars bail. Uh, These are the first criminal charges brought against him because of a sex scandal. He's accused of drugging and sexually assaulting a former Temple University employee, Andrea Constand, when she visited his home in 2004. Now, she was the first person to publicly allege sexual assault by him, and she did it about a year after the encounter. She also filed a civil suit, and she got a settlement, and they closed and sealed the case in 2006. Now, the suit was sealed, but was interestingly reopened because of pressure from the media. The new district attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, ran on a platform promising to prosecute Bill Cosby. Kevin Steele says the criminal investigation was reopened after... New evidence came to light. Well, the evidence was from the documents that were sealed in the civil case, which were opened because of the media. And now, here we are. All right. Now, um, obviously, this happened during a holiday week, so it's kind of hard to judge how big of a media story this is going to be once a trial actually takes place, which it appears is going to happen because Cosby can't take a plea deal. No. Uh, um, and it appears, you know, this guy has staked his career on this case. So he's yes. he, he has no incentive to not go to trial unless he thinks he's going to lose. You know, if something happens where he thinks he's going to lose, this thing might theoretically go away. Um, all right. I'm going to there's two different elements of this that I guarantee you I'm going to have a take on that no one else does and probably makes way more sense than what anyone else is saying. I'm going to be very curious to see how you react, Leah, especially to my first take, because okay. I honestly don't know. You might you might not think this is all that controversial. You might think this is outrageous. I don't know. But 
let's look at the big picture here. The media seems to be stuck on one of two possibilities, because they're all morons, right? I mean, let's let's face it. The media is idiots. <laughs> right. So, so they think there's only two possibilities here. Either all these women are lying, right? Right. Or Bill Cosby is a hideous, horrible rapist. There's only two possibilities here, right? Is that am I right that that's the basic media narrative well, look at it, correct? Or yeah, or you know, all these all these women are either lying or they're all telling the truth. That's what they're saying. Right. But but if they're telling the truth, Cosby then is, he he is a rapist. Cosby is the rapist and not just a rapist. Uh, the worst possible type of rapist and the biggest fraud that's ever walked and a hideous, horrible human being, right? I mean, am I fair in that assessment? So those are the those are the two scenarios that we've been given, and it's obvious the media thinks it's not possible that all these women could be lying, right? All right. Okay, so and now I want to make something very clear here. I am not defending Bill Cosby, and I'm not defending any of the acts that are alleged to have occurred here with this particular woman or with any of the other uh, that have alleged because this woman's story came out in a civil suit, okay? I want to make that very clear. I am not defending the acts. I'm just going to tell you what I think actually happened. All right? All right? Because this show is about the truth. I believe everybody's telling the truth. I believe that it is quite possible that Cosby does not believe he's a rapist. And these women are telling the truth. And let me tell you how this happens. All right? You got you to gotta remember, these allegations, almost all of them, 60s, 70s, and 80s. All right? First of all, this is a different time with regard to drugs. Oh, absolutely. Everybody was doing drugs right. back then. Right. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, <laughs> drugs were everywhere. All right? You also have to remember the level of celebrity that Huge. Bill Cosby had at that time. All right? Mm-hmm. So you have a guy. Here's what I think happened. I think it's very clear from Bill Cosby's comedy and from the allegations in this case, Bill Cosby has a weird thing for having sex with women who are unconscious, all right? I, 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 now, that's uh, it's weird, and I don't defend it. Why are you laughing at me? I mean, I'm just not sure that someone sets out to go, wow, you know, I want to have sex with an unconscious person. Bill Cosby has a weird fetish, all right? That This is his fetish. Whether it's a power thing, I don't know. But he's been joking about it. Since his early days in comedy, about drugging women, all right? So the Spanish fly routine he did very early on in his career, similar situation, even though that's not even real. But but I digress. So what I believe happened here is that Cosby develops this fetish. He's so huge. He's so powerful. He's such a celebrity. He can create such great realities for these women if they treat him right. That these women are enamored with him. It's the Hollywood casting couch. Right. It's the (laughs) 60s, 70s, and 80s. Doing drugs is not nearly as big a deal as it is now. He 
thinks, and maybe there was even some truth to this. This is where, this is what a trial is going to have to decide. It's going to be awfully difficult to do so. He thinks the women are taking the drugs by their own consent. And by the way, in this particular case, the way I read. She did. She did. She took them knowing what she was taking. Yep. So what I think happened, and I think this is, it's, I think it's going to be very difficult to convict Cosby if it's a fair trial, whether he's a rapist or not, or you can hate his guts, whatever you want. But if you're talking about whether or not he, he sexually assaulted someone without their consent, I think that's really difficult to prove because what I believe happened here is that these women, whether they realized it or not, Cosby thought he had their consent. And he, and he thought they had consented by giving them the drugs because, after all, what did they think was going to happen in his mind, right? He's, I mean, these were women are dropping their panties in front of him constantly in this, in this era. So, so he starts to think this is expected. Pe- he never hears no anywhere he goes. Uh-uh, uh, it's uh, Bill Cosby. Especially in the 80s. So he's not used to hearing no anywhere. So if he says, look, uh, you know, we're going to take these drugs. You're going to get, it's probably going to knock you out. And we're in a romantic setting. Then, you know, he gets to do what he wants to do, as bizarre and as hideous as that might be. In his mind, he wasn't raping them, which is why he was able to maintain his self-image and his per- and his persona. And by the way, had the balls and the stupidity in retrospect to give away his black card by doing the whole pull up your pants bit because guys who are in- think they're living in glass houses don't do that. Do you follow yeah. me? Yeah. So, so, so he thinks, Cosby thinks all along these women are consenting. Here's what then happens. One woman, a year after the fact, this woman from Temple University, thinks, wait a minute, I didn't consent to this. I got raped. And so she's, that the word starts to percolate, and other women who had experienced the same thing, they start to go, holy crap, I was raped. I never thought about it that way because I kind of sort of consented at the time. But now that I think about it in retrospect, and now all of a sudden Cosby's not as big a star, the drug thing is a different culture, it's a, di- it's a different set of rules with regard to men and women. We're far more sensitive to rape. 20, 30 years later, it seems like rape. Do you follow me? So these women all believe and, and may have an argument that they were raped. They had sex while they were unconscious. But in Cosme's mind, they had consented because they took the pills. Do you follow yeah. me? I think 20 or 30 years later... Uh... Your perspective might change about that, and especially when you hear that this woman went through the same thing and got a big settlement. Well, it, you're, so we're on the same page then. I've I've always thought that the whole Bill Cosby thing was a casting couch, and now people were trying to cash in on it. Or or whatever. I, I mean, I've always thought this is what this was. Because Hollywood is full of cocaine. Back in the day, are you kidding? Right. Quaaludes, okay. cocaine. Right. It was all it was. All right. Well, there's one important difference that I'm sure people are 
uh, who are on the accuser side are going to point out, which I need to get to when we come back, which is that there is a difference between these type of drugs and what you're talking about. I know I'm not saying that you're equating the two, but I want to I want to flesh this out because I'm. I'm fascinated that we seem to be on the same page on this because no one's talking about this. And I'm not sure Cosby's attorneys are going to have the balls to go down this path because this is what I think really happened. We'll talk more about it on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. I went way long in that first segment. So uh, I'm going to have to abbreviate my comments here on Bill Cosby. Uh, The second element, Leah, of my take on the Bill Cosby situation deals obviously with um, my my four-year devotion to finding out the real truth of the quote-unquote Penn State scandal, which I've turned out, which I now believe was a total fraud. Uh, Because you probably remember, most people probably remember, that in a couple of days after Jerry Sandusky was charged, as Bill Cosby was, uh, Joe Paterno was fired. Uh, The president of the university was forced to resign. Two major administrators were charged. The entire university was basically figuratively burned to the ground. Temple University has had zero media blowback because of the Bill Cosby charges. And let's examine just some basic facts. The woman at the center of the case where he's charged was an employee, a major employee of Temple University. Mm-hmm. At, at, Bill Cosby was a board member at Temple University. Jerry Sinusky, by the way, was a longtime ex-former assistant football coach. Cosby is the face of the university and a board member bringing in millions of dollars and... He's, he's in every commercial that Temple does. He is the face of the university. She ends up leaving the university after he pays her off. He, right. he remains on the board until like a few months ago when he finally decides to resign because of all the negative publicity. How in the world? I'm not saying yeah, Temple. Yeah, he stayed on that board. <laughs> right. How, but just, I want you to just compare the two set of facts. Where were you? Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Forget about whether Temple knew or not. That just, I mean, if he's doing settlements, he's admitting guilt. At some level, he's admitting that it happened. Or, But, you know, I used to believe that more. Uh, it depends on how much money and in in the set of circumstances. Again, I'm not defending him. But my point here, Leah, is if Penn State was automatically guilty in the Sandusky case. Temple should be burned to the ground by now. Uh, and I'm not saying Temple... Yeah, but it's different because it's not little boys. It's but, different. But women, it's women being raped while unconscious, for goodness well, sakes. Well, not everybody. I mean, look, a lot of people weren't drugged. Some people say they were drinking. Some people say other things. Everyone wasn't drugged and everyone wasn't unconscious, but they were all women. The the hypocrisy is unbelievable, and it's all because there's no Joe Paterno at Temple for ratings. That's what that's about. Speaking of which, more on Paterno and this Cosby thing and Rick Pitino when we come back.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And uh, Leah, I often tout this program as three hours of radio you will not hear anywhere else, which I think is an accurate description, but this hour in particular (laughs) is very much in keeping with that theme because I've already given my take on the Bill Cosby charges, which I believe are very vastly different than anything else you'll hear in the news media, specifically without getting back into the details. I believe that Cosby and the accusers are both telling the truth. It's just that Cosby thought he had consent because it was a different time and era, and he was in a different place in the world, and he's got this weird fetish. And now these women are now looking at this from a very different perspective 20, 30, 40 years past, and there might be a financial motive involved with some of them as well. I think you agree with that, right? Right. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I, I honestly think it was a casting couch in right. many ways. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't make it right. We don't. No, know. I'm not saying no. it was. I'm no. not saying it's right at all. Right. Right. It may or may not be criminal though. That's the key. Was it criminal? And you know, Tom Mazzaro, who I've dealt with on the Penn State situation, Michael Jackson's attorney, who I used to, you and I used to rip when we were on KFI. And I've gosh, now gotten, unbelievable. I, I've gotten to know him. I like the guy a lot. He has been. The most outspoken person saying, wait a minute, these charges don't make any sense. I'm going to see if we can get Mezzer on the program next week, uh, since you're not going to be here. Uh, maybe we can get uh, Tom to do an interview and give us uh, some insight on that. But uh, before we move on, I want to make clear what I mean by this this double standard between the way Temple University is getting a total pass here and the way Penn State got destroyed over Sandusky. Because I think this is important. Again, it's mostly important because it shows you how the news media works, or mostly doesn't work. In the Penn State case, you had a situation where a former assistant coach who had no real role at the university at all. He got a few football tickets. That's it. All right? He wasn't the face of the university. wasn't an employee. He was running a charity. He, he got charged with sexually molesting a few kids who were not involved with the school. They weren't employees of the school. They weren't kids of employees. They weren't. It wasn't a camp at the school. Nothing to do with the school, right? But <laughs> he, it happened on school premises, allegedly. A couple of the episodes allegedly occurred on school property, but they didn't really happen. But okay, fine. Yeah, that's the only connection that there was. But the reality is... That Penn State got destroyed. Temple gets nothing when Cosby is a board member before and after. He pays off one of their top basketball employees, a female, for having allegedly, whatever you want to call it, assaulted, raped, drugged, whatever. He pays her off. She leaves the school. They have to know about it, right? They have to. It's not possible for Temple not to know about it. Cosby remains a board member. By the way, Sandusky never paid anybody off. Nothing like that. Now, the situation is not perfectly analogous, but but I think you can make a strong argument based upon just the general set of facts that it's absurd that Penn State got destroyed and Temple gets nothing. And the only reason is, is because of Joe Paterno. Because, yeah, I totally like, agree with that. They right. wanted to bring him down. Well, because it was a rating, it was a Greek tragedy that was tremendous 
for ratings. That's what it was. Now, I want to make something clear. I have no connection to Penn State at all. I actually hate the administration of Penn State. I despise parts of the paternal family now after having gone through this for four years. I don't even like the Sanduskies. I've dealt with them way too much. But right is right and wrong is wrong and the truth is the truth. And by the way, I actually like Temple. I used to go to Temple football games when I was a kid growing up in Philadelphia. As a matter of fact, this is a great story. I was once one of one, you'll love this, living in Alabama, Leah. I was once one of literally, not figuratively, not hyperbole, I was one of 1,000 people who attended a Temple football game. By, by the way, they were halfway decent. That's it? Yes, at the old veteran stadium in Philadelphia. 1,000 people. It was the last game of the season. They were actually decent. They ended up having a winning record. This is how small the crowd was. So, And this is how insane I was. So I, I went to the game alone as a high school senior, and I'm wearing, I'm wearing my school jacket. And I went to Holy Ghost Prep in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. And the quote-unquote student section for Temple, there's like 12 guys, right? Because there's literally 1,000 people in the vet. <laughs> there's like 12. All of a sudden, I start hearing this chanting, Holy Ghost! Holy Ghost. I'm like, no way. I'm like, what is going on here? These Temple students were mocking me because I was one kid sitting alone watching Temple play at the vet with only a thousand people there, and they were chanting the name on the back of my jacket. That's how <laughs> pathetic it was. You know what the funniest part of the story is? The head coach of Temple at that time was Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is now the head football coach for the Arizona Cardinals, a favorite to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> anyway, here and, and here's the greatest segue in the history of the John and Leah show. You know who they were playing that day? Of course you don't know, but you might be able to guess. They were playing Louisville. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It all just comes back to you, doesn't it? Right. Well, of course, I got fired in Louisville, and that leads me to... And sued in Louisville. And one. And one. That's the important part. But that leads me to the fact that just on New Year's Day, two days ago, Rick Patino, the head basketball coach at Louisville, a guy I, you know, I didn't have a lot of interplay with when I was in Louisville, but I never really liked him. I don't think he liked me because, uh, you know, I was Mr. Outspoken, part of why I got fired in Louisville. Anyway, long story short, he's embroiled in his own uh, sex scandal. That mm-hmm. not directly related to him, but uh, th- there are allegations in a book that uh, that there were recruits that were being given prostitutes by a graduate assistant of his. And now, I have correctly predicted, both on this show and on WHAS, on Terry Miner's show, the afternoon show there, uh, where we're, we're on on WHAS, my old station in Louisville, I have correctly predicted that, that Patino, unlike Paterno, would survive – this because of the different media circumstances of the story, one of which, by the way, is there was no ratings grabber in the Louisville story because all the women, all the prostitutes were ugly and none of them and none of them were white. If there was a white hot chick, he would have been in big trouble because the media would have been all over this. It sounds pathetic, but it's true, folks. I'm telling you, this is the way the media works. They looked at that story and they go, eh. The overnights weren't that great. People weren't that interested. It doesn't look like there's blood in the water. There's no hot chick here. 
Um, let's move on, folks. This is we just and this is just not this is not much here for us. Um, and so anyway, Patino holds this bizarre press conference where he has not talked publicly hardly at all about these allegations. And what does he do? He launches into the most emotional and dramatic defense of Joe Paterno since the entire Penn State scandal went down, quote-unquote scandal. And here's what that sounded like from Rick Patino. But the one person I would never question that I've ever encountered in my life as a young basketball coach is Joe Paterno. He would be the one guy I would hold above reproach of everything. What'd they do? They took a statue away. They may, probably killed him. Uh, you know, I was offered the head coaching job by him in the 70s, I think it was. And I went to his house. And I said, boy, this is probably going to be, this man's going to, I'm from Queens, New York, and Manhattan. This, this guy's going to be living. He's Joe Paterno. When I went in that house. Um, you know, I, I was amazed. It was a little ranch. Uh, he got up and greeted me, and I was waiting. To see, I said, this is his house after all those years. The most humble man, I think the man with the most integrity of our game, and look at the way it ended for him. I, I don't think I've ever met a man with more integrity than that man. But, you know, sometimes he didn't know about it, and it was scurrilous what, was, what that assistant coach was doing. And uh, I believe in Joe Paterno, and I believe the way he went out, it break, breaks your heart just even thinking about it in that situation. So I want the, our university, if, if we feel we're being wronged, to step up and say, no, we're being wronged in there. Now, Leah, if you look up the term conflicted in the dictionary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, know. I When I saw that, I was as conflicted as any human being could possibly be. On yeah. the one hand, I'm going, way to go, Rick Patino. Finally, somebody with some balls to tell it like it is on the most obvious, horrendous injustice to any legendary figure in the modern history of America. And that's a Real fact. Rated. That is a flat-out fact, and nobody knows more about Nobody knows more about that case than the person speaking to you right now, me. I know more about the case than the people involved in it. I know more about the case than Jerry Sandusky does, and it's not even close. Jerry would tell you that himself. All right? There is zero chance that Joe Paterno did anything wrong in that whole situation. And what the media did was a beyond a disgrace. But the reason I'm conflicted is here Patino is using Paterno to get himself out of his own bind. Be right. Because his whole deal is, I didn't know. And so if Paterno, this great man of integrity, he went down the way he did, then it sure isn't, shouldn't happen to me because I didn't know either. Right? And I mean, that's, that's paraphrasing what I think Patino wants the message to be. I think Patino's terrified that it's going to be exactly the same thing that happens to him, but it's not going to be because the circumstances are different. He has survived as long as he keeps winning basketball games. I think he's going to be all right unless and until there's some sort of major NCAA investigation, which will take for flipping ever, except in the Penn State case where everybody – you know, rush to judgment right, overnight. Right, overnight we oh, have. Oh, yep, there yeah, it is. Yeah, let's the court yeah, convicted. Right, exactly. Kangaroo court. You know, free, free report, which was a joke. The whole business. So, um, I'm exceedingly conflicted about this, but I thought it was worthy of mention. Um, I, I know people who know uh, Terry Miners. I mentioned is a 
good friend of Rick Pitino's. He he says that Pitino is very sincere about his comments about Paterno. Uh, I hope that he's innocent because I, I certainly hope that someone like that didn't just use Joe Paterno for his own purposes. Um, and, you know, it, what's the most... Don't amazing, these allegations, though, come from the prostitute? Right, but even Patino is now acknowledging that some bad things happen, some scurrilous things happen, which is, you know, I don't want to get into the details of it because we don't know a lot about it yet, and it's too complicated. I'm, I have questions. I still have questions about how Rick couldn't have known. Look, I know Paterno did not know. It's hard for me to imagine how Patino didn't know uh, based upon the nature of the allegations and the people involved. But, um, you know, I'm still open minded because I've learned from the Penn State case anything's possible because don't don't trust the news media on anything. True. All right. right, When we come back, a couple quick predictions on 2016 on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And since this is our first show of 2016, I figured we'd uh, take a couple quick minutes to uh, give some predictions about what's going to happen in 2016. So, Leah, why don't we start with um, what's going to happen next week. You will not be with us on Sunday, but uh, the day after... Next Sunday's show is the national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Clemson Tigers. Obviously, you're a huge Alabama fan living in Birmingham. So Mm -hmm. uh, what are your predictions on that? Okay, so if the same team that played (laughs) Michigan State shows up uh, to take on Clemson, there is no way we don't win. That would be a fair assessment. Um, I, Clemson's better than I thought they were, or maybe Oklahoma's worse. I'm not sure. Because I, I, I happen to believe that the Big 12 and the Big 10 are very overrated. Uh, I think we well, saw that. a lot that. of people say SEC and Alabama are overrated. Well, that was because last year they did so poorly in the bowl games. But, you know, these bowl games are no longer a very good gauge because they're a mess. I mean, you, you got head coaches not coaching. You got assistant coaches not coaching. You got now you even have players transferring or turning pro before the ball games. That's so they're, true. So they're ineligible. I mean, it's a mess what's happening. It's completely broken and, and fractured. So and most of these games don't matter. So it's really hard to tell. But this year, the SEC decided to show up and they, they bulldozed some people. I think that they, they just were all over Michigan State. So if that happens again, yes. Well, it's hard for me to, to to bet against Alabama. I predicted Alabama and Clemson would be in this game. So I'm going to go with you and predict that Alabama will win. Uh, since we're looking ahead uh, to the end of this year, I'm going to just take a wild hair. Here's my final four for next year's college football. Next year, okay. next year's final four, wild hair. I mean, there's a billion things that could change. I mean, we don't even know who's staying, not going pro or, or going pro. But I, I think it'll be Michigan, Tennessee, Stanford. And if they don't lose everybody to the NFL, Clemson will be back. Uh, I think I think Alabama is going to have a, a not a down year, 
But I, I just think the Tennessee is going to be really good next year. Um, what, you're laughing at me. You, you just laughed at me. Tennessee. All right. Well, let's make sure we write this down, and hopefully there'll still be a John and Leah show on in December. Uh, I'm look. I'm, I was the one that told you Alabama and Clemson would be in the finals, and now you're not. You're not giving me much credit for that. Well, um, I mean, you told me last week. Okay. Well, I, I told. <laughs> wait a minute. I told you all season long. Don't freak out about the the loss to, to Old Miss. That Alabama would be fine. I mean, so all right. Anyway, uh, Super Bowl, I think it'll be um, Arizona and New England. The media is counting out the Patriots. I think they're going to get a bunch of people back in the playoffs. I think the rest of the AFC is a hodgepodge. I think this deflate gate year cannot end without Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So I think it'll be Arizona and New England in the Super Bowl. As far as you don't you don't care to make a prediction on that, do you? Nah, I don't care. As far as the presidential race, look, the GOP uh, race is is basically a three-person race between Trump, Cruz, and Rubio. It is split three ways as far as I can tell at this moment. We'll know a lot more uh, on opening night, if you will, the Iowa caucuses. But gun to my head right now, I think Hillary Clinton defeats Marco Rubio because of the carnage that it required for Rubio to be the GOP nominee where a fractured Republican party is unable to take on and defeat a very bad candidate in Hillary Clinton. And she is elected president. Your thoughts on that? Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here okay, and say that uh, uh, I'm just not going to go with the rest of the media and say that Donald Trump will totally lose and get killed by Hillary Clinton. I still think there's too much between now and then to call it. Okay. So are you telling me that Donald Trump is going to be president of the United States and he's going to be elected in 2016? Are you is that what you're saying to me, Leah Brandon? I'm saying it might not be Hillary. Well, no, no, come on. Give me more a likely than not. It's not going to be Hillary. All right. So you're you're predicting that Hillary will not be elected. So then who right. will? So your first. Well, your per- first prediction is no Hillary. OK, no Hillary. All right. So and, I'm, but I'm not sure why she's going down. OK, but I think she's going down. Uh, well, that's an image I don't want to have in my brain. But OK. Um, so <laughs> so regardless of if she's going down or not. All right. So if she, if she's not going to be elected, who will be? It's either going to be Trump or Rubio. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to get. I'm going to write down either Trump or Rubio will be elected mm-hmm. president over Hillary yep. in 2016. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Interesting. Um, okay. And you don't have a prediction. Obviously, then you're, you're split on who's going to be the GOP nominee. You, you think it'll be either Rubio or Trump? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know yet. All right. Any any other predictions you want to make for 2016? I think 2016 is going to be the worst financial year in recent memory, even worse than 2008 and 9. And why do you think this year will be that year? Because I believe that this is the year when uh, the balls that are in the air that President Obama has been trying to keep up there, hey, the economy's good, we're messing around with the labor numbers, uh, QE 
uh, one, two, and three over here on Wall Street. I think this is just the year that we can't fake it anymore. Hmm. It all, once, it's a house of cards. The you, whole you, you, thing. You could be right. I'm agreeing with you this is going to happen eventually, but I I think you get through an election year. There's too many people with an incentive to hold it together. Uh, but regardless, it'll be appropriate when the big short wins the Academy Awards, since that's there about the economic collapse. And which is, there you go. Which is my last prediction we have time for for 2016. <laughs> uh, Leah, enjoy your week off next week. We'll see you in Thank two you. weeks. Good luck to Sounds Alabama. Good. Uh, podcast at freespeechbroadcasting.com tomorrow. I'm John Zickler. Have a great week, everybody.